Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. My hobby, my craft, my work, my business, my problems at home. Mark chapter 4, the cares of this world. Oh, I just bought that stock in the market, in whatever it is. And my mind is as far away, and God's trying to say, Hello, hello down there. I'm trying to speak to you, and we miss it. God wants to speak to us tonight. He's speaking to John. So when John turns around, what I believe is this, obedience. When he speaks to us, we need to stop, we need to turn around, and we need to do what God tells us. While Jesus walked on this earth, he was a light to the lost, a beacon for the sinner to repent and become new. While the light of his physical presence was extinguished, his spiritual presence grew even stronger as people continued to be born again, filled with the light of truth. As the world becomes buried deeper and deeper under the snow of sin, Christ followers have to shine brighter than ever. As we'll hear today, the church is the light of the world and should shine before men. What we do, what we say, the difference in our lives should be obvious. Most people don't necessarily want to call attention to themselves. Forget yourself and illuminate Jesus. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 11, for our continuing study entitled, A Brand New View. approach the Lord's Day? How do you approach the Lord's Day when you come here or wherever you go to your church, whatever church you go to? How do you approach it? Do you approach it in the spirit or in the flesh? No doubt, and you've been like this, some of us have definitely driven in the parking lot in the flesh. The kids have just what? And the wife and husband have just what? But then we're immediately in the spirit when we see somebody. Right. Why are you going like that? We've all been there. Now, if you are in the Spirit when you come in, what does that mean? Well, to me, it means this. Careful now. We're on time. (laughs) We're, We're ready to worship. We're expecting God to speak to us. Now, here's one of the things that will make these nights special to you. If you come expecting God to speak to you. Now, if you're here going... Mark's going to speak to us. You're here for the wrong reason. I'm here because I'm studying all week for God to speak through me to you. It's not me speaking, it's God. Be expecting God. We also should be taking notes, being friendly, ready to serve, totally open to what God has to say. If you're in the Spirit, as you're here tonight, anytime you go to wherever your church is, you should be there ready, open for God to minister to us. Now, if you go to church in the flesh, here's what happens. You go out of obligation. We go with this attitude, it better be good or I'm not going to come back. We may sing, but there is no true worship. We may be friendly, but really it's surface and we could care less about the other people. When somebody says we need help, we need ministry, we need more ushers, we need more kids or whatever, that's always somebody else, it can't be me. We certainly wouldn't waste our time taking notes. We don't even bring a Bible. We're not open, we're just simply doing time. And let me ask you, then why are you here? It is a waste of time to come to church to do time. 
Church is not a place to do time. Church is a place to experience God. And you guys are doing it. Now, remember that the Lord's Day is every day. So that means that's the way I'd approach every day. And some of us need to remember we have to do that with a quiet time. When you start in the morning, if you start out without hearing from God at all, your day will not be very good. How do I know? I can tell you. Personally, you can ditto it all through this place. Now, what is the other possibility? It could be the Lord's Day or Sunday for us, or it could be this. It comes from a translation that reads like this, and the Greek can be read like this. Unto the day of the Lord, I started out on Sunday, but I went unto the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord will read many times in the book of Revelation. Many people believe this is what is really happening, that John was put in this supernatural time machine that I was telling you, translated to the end of time, to the day of the Lord, and all along the way in this time machine, he's seen all of these things, the rapture and the tribulation and all these kind of things happening as he's moving in this unbelievable time machine. He was in the spirit and seen this. Many people believe that's really what took place, and it was a series of visions that John took place. Now, put yourself in John's shoes tonight. We're getting ready to, to listen. Behind you, me, here's a voice. And this is in the Spirit. And God is going to speak to him. Remember, he's in the 90s. And God is still going to use John. Does that give anybody encouragement tonight? Does me. Anybody 90 here? 85, 80, 70. There we are. Sure. Isn't it awesome to know that we can be 90 and still be used incredibly by God. Here we are, how many years later? 1900 years later and reading something that John wrote in his 90s. I like it. You guys thought you were going to get rid of me. <laughs> Balmer minutes just go on and on and on. John's here. John's here. What does that mean? It means this. As I was studying it, I just want to say this to you from God tonight. God will keep us and God will use us all the days of our life. God will keep us and God will use us all the days of our life. So what does that mean? Be active for God right now. Everywhere, every day, every place. Be active now. Here's John, more than a conqueror, boiled in oil, Nice skin. Banished to a remote island? No problem. Open to the things of God in the Spirit, and God speaks to him. Let's be filled with the Spirit every day, supernaturally receiving God's Word to our hearts. And I heard a voice behind, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. What that really means is clear and striking as a trumpet. In other words, da 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 get ready. You're about to hear... Something awesome. Verse 11. Which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamon and Thyatira and Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. So John is told to get ready. He gets his computer out, begins typing. John is going to get this great vision from God. And he begins by writing this letter and then he's going to send it to the seven churches. We'll begin that study next week. Those seven churches. I'm not sure how many churches we'll take every week. One or two, one or two, whatever, and we'll see what happens. 
Now notice, could God have given this vision and this, this message from an angel directly to those churches? Yes, but he doesn't. He does what? He uses John as a human. As we study the churches, you'll hear some people say to you, well, I don't need to go to church. Well, I believe you do need to go to church because that's what God established. Well, I can worship God just as good as home. I don't believe you can. And I believe when there is a church available, you need to be in a church. You say, well, why do you believe that? Just write down Ephesians chapter 4. You won't go there tonight. I'll read it to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Here's what God said. He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastor teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we re all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what God is doing with John, he's using a human to present the word of God to those seven churches. What is God doing tonight through myself and many other pastors in this town that are teaching the Word of God? He's using humans, flesh and blood, to what? Teach His powerful Word of God. For what reason? To mature you. Again, if you're here tonight to learn facts, I don't teach with facts. I teach with application. You need not to go home with a bunch of facts in your head. That's going to get you nowhere. You need to go home and say, there's a fact, here's the principle, here's how I can do it. This is what I need to be doing. That's the purpose of the Word of God, is to take what God has and then learn to apply it in our lives. So, you need a pastor, you need a teacher, you need an evangelist. They're gifts that God has given. If this is your church, your pastors, here are your gifts. We need to be ministering to you. Wherever you go to church, your pastor is the person that's a shepherd who's feeding you. Pray for him. Pray for me. Pray for all the pastors. We're only human. That's who we are. We're just human people like you. But God uses humans. By the way, he uses you. That's the awesomeness of God. Verse 12. After he heard this voice, what did he do? I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned... I saw seven golden lampstands. I see two things in the first part of that verse. John turned around. Number one, I see obedience. In other words, dun, 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 here's a voice. Well, he's going to turn around and listen. Do you know sometimes God is using a trumpet trying to speak to us and we're so busy we don't even hear the trumpet. See, God doesn't always speak in a still small voice. You'll see tonight he doesn't. It's like roaring waters. But often he does. I don't even hear that, but sometimes I don't hear when he's shouting at me. Why? Because my mind's divided. My hobby, my craft, my work, my business, my problems at home. Mark chapter 4, the cares of this world. Oh, I just bought that stock in the market. And whatever it is. And my mind is as far away. And God's trying to say, hello, hello down there. I'm trying to speak to you, and we miss it. God wants to speak to us tonight. He's speaking to John. So when John turns around, what I believe is this, obedience. When he speaks to us, we need to stop, we need to turn around, and we need to do what God tells us. Also, I believe turn around, knowing John's 90, equals flexibility. What do I mean by that? I mean this. When you and I go through the Word of God... We need to be open to change some of the things that we kind of have all put to bed and everything kind of put in a little theological circle and we have it all figured out. You know what? I'm learning things every week. And the Bible says that I'll continue to learn until the end of time because we see through a glass darkly. If you'll be teachable all your life, 
You'll be an awesome person until the day you die. If you start saying to your mind, well, I've got it together now. I don't need to listen to that. Thanks very much. You're going to be a miserable, lonely person. So we have to learn. We have to be teachable. And that's what I believe is flexible with John. Now, when he turned around, what did he see? He saw seven golden lampstands. Like you say, what, just like a big wedding getting ready to happen here or what? No. Look at verse 20. We see in verse 20 the answer to what he saw. Verse 20 says this. This is a great mystery, isn't it? It gives you that and just in the same chapter it solves the problem. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So these are portable golden lampstands, not like a menorah, but these are individual, each one with this little teeny oil lamp on top. Now, they represent, each one of them represents one of these seven churches. Remember, seven is a number of completeness. So it, it represents the church in general as we go through this. Now, what is the purpose of a lampstand or a candlestick or a light? What's the purpose? I gave you the answer. You don't have to turn to verse 20. You just have to look on the overhead. What's the purpose of a light? A light is to shine, give direction, to those in darkness. When you go home tonight and you go in the house, the first thing you'll do is what? Turn on a light, unless you're goofy. You'll turn on a light. Why? Because you want to see where you're going, especially if your wife has changed the furniture this week. You'll have to call an elder for prayer or whatever because you'll fall down and break your ankle. You've you got to see it. And so what are we talking about tonight? This lampstand represents individual churches. Now what is God going to say about this lampstand? Well, if, if an individual church is to be a light, then I guess that means in our building construction, we need to put this big, bright light out there in Mitten and just shine it all over the place. Is that what it means? No, that's not what it means. Now, what is the church made up of tonight? It's people. It's not a building, it's people. So when you leave tonight, we have purchased for you, every one of you, a miner's cap. And you're going to have a big light on your forehead. And you're going to tell them you come to Calvary Chapel. Now, if you're not ashamed of the gospel, you're going to wear it tomorrow. How many are going to wear it? Lying in church, you guys are lying in church. No, we didn't purchase that. That's not what he's talking about. Keep your finger in Revelation. Turn back with me to the book of Matthew quickly. Jesus talked about this. He started out, first of all, saying this. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. He came into a world that was in darkness. Then Jesus turned around when he leaves and he says, the light is leaving, but it's being transferred to you as believers. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. This is Jesus speaking and he's speaking to you. If you're a Christian, you're part of the church. Doesn't matter what church you go to. If you're born again Christian, you're part of the church. What's he say? You. Put your name there. Just let's put our names there and say it. Mark. You are the light of the world. Go ahead, let's do it. Boom. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. 
So the Bible tells us that Jesus was the light of the world. When he left and went back to heaven, that great commission included that light being transferred to you and to me. Well, what is my role? Why do we need to be light today? Guys, you know, sometimes we get excited. Wow, we have a thousand people here and a couple hundred kids over there. Man, we're just turning Melbourne, West Melbourne upside down. Did you notice how many cars passed you on the way in? We're not turning West Melbourne upside down. I mean, if every church tonight in this community had this number of people, we're not turning West Melbourne upside down. People are in darkness. They're hunting for the way. They don't know the way. Aren't you glad that you have the light tonight? Now, how are those people going to get the light? Has to come from who? Us. Jesus is not here. He's here through us. So it has to come to us. It has to shine. When you jog tomorrow morning, you're on your street, when you go to work, and when you're sitting next to that person at the office who doesn't know Jesus Christ, think about it. Without the light, they're going to hell. There is a place called hell. You'll see tonight that Jesus has the keys to it. It's real. And unless we care, they'll just keep going. So we have a vision of what the church is supposed to do. The church is to be a light to a community. You guys are doing awesome. Many of you are inviting friends and people are coming to the Lord. And I'm sure I'm praying that that's happening in your other churches. It's, it's doing great. But notice something very important. These are lamp stands with an oil lamp. Now what is the oil representative of? The Holy Spirit. If there's no oil in the lampstand, there is no light. If you're operating tonight in the flesh, you go into work tomorrow and say, Well, my pastor said I've got to give you this table of revelation and we don't want you to go to hell. That is operating in the flesh. That's not true love. True love begins to pray for them before you ever say a word. True love is a friend to them. True love means... Caring enough to see when they'll ask a question and saying, hey, I got an answer for you. You know what? I was like you once. I was searching. I couldn't find life. I didn't know the right way, but somebody introduced me to a person called Jesus Christ. That's the light. That's the oil. You know, one of the saddest things about visiting Europe is this. If any of you have been there, you've, you've experienced the very same thing I have. You go into Europe and there's these awesome Buildings, these awesome lampstands, incredible churches, dead. Nobody going. In England, less than 3% of people go to church. Awesome buildings, nobody there. See, guys, it doesn't matter to us tonight how fancy the church is. We're not into that. What happens is what's alive in the church, and you guys are doing great. You're here. You're making a statement to a town. People are driving by and saying again, what's happening here? But what's happening here is not Calvary Chapel. It's Jesus Christ. It's the light of the world that's happening here. And that's what we want them to see. God help us to shine. Jesus shine. Now verse 13. Back to Revelation. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. Now we're going to get a, an interesting vision of Jesus Christ tonight. You may have a picture at home of what you think Jesus is like. It's interesting, he comes from Israel, and we see him with blonde hair and blue eyes and light skin. I don't think so. Don't take your picture down, that's perfectly fine. But we don't have in the Bible, really... 
any real pictures of what he's like. This is an awesome representation, but it's not somebody that John has ever seen before. It's been years since John saw Jesus. But he's going to get a new vision tonight. And I hope as we go through this that you'll get a new vision of what this God is really like. Now, notice he uses the Son of Man. This is a title that Jesus used over and over and over again. In fact, 81 times in the gospel, Jesus identifies himself as the Son of Man. Well, what does that really mean? It's implied deity. In other words, first of all, the Son of Man means that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Son is equal to the picture of his deity. He's what? He's God's Son. Man is a picture of his Humanity. Jesus was a man. He came to this earth from heaven. He identified with us. He showed us what God was like. That was his role. And he provided also a way for sinful man to be reconciled to God. Now you say, well, why is it important that, that Jesus uses this term here? Because of this today. And when later on, I have a great article that came in. I'm not sure when I'll use it, but there was a, and I don't even remember what night it was, but uh, Larry King Live had, had a, an Episcopal, Robert Schuller, and a Mormon, the head of the Mormon church. And he had an interesting program. I'm going to use a, a lot of that truth there. Larry King's 98th wife or whatever is a Mormon now. <laughs> Wait till you see the comments. As I told you before, we love Mormons, we love Jehovah's Witnesses. They are not born-again believers. Why? Because of this. They don't believe in the same God we do. So why is this important? Because of this. The Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe even, or the Mormons, that Jesus was really or ever claimed to be God. Wake up. Smell the coffee. Why was Jesus crucified? Because he claimed to be who? God. That's why he was crucified. So this is a very important statement. Now, just write this down. We won't take time to go there tonight. But Daniel 7.13 and Daniel 7.14. We've heard this before. Here's the expression when we went through the book of Daniel. Daniel 7.13 says this. In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. And he was given authority and glory and sovereign power. And all peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. You see, there's a day coming, guys, when the kingdom of God will be everlasting. Jesus will come. He'll establish it. We'll study that as we go through the book of Revelation. Then one day, we're going to get a new heaven and a new earth. It's going to be awesome. God's rule is going to be forever. He's that ancient of days. But till then, what's happening? We go through trials. We go through tribulation. And this verse gives us a great principle of wonderful hope. Now, why does it say that? Because notice this. Verse 13 again. Look what it says. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Is that important to you tonight? What does that signify? Now, who are the lampstands? Let's, let's talk about it. It's the what? It's a church. And who is a church made up of? People. So, if this Son of Man, who is Jesus, is, a, is among the church, what does that mean tonight as we're here? Is Jesus here? Sure, He's here. Now, when you leave tomorrow and, and you're the church and you go off to work, is Jesus with you? Does that give you any hope? Praise God. When Pastor Mark spoke about the seven lampstands being the seven churches, he emphasized the fact that light is meant to give direction. The light from believers should give direction to those in darkness. As we heard in Matthew, we are the light of the world. 
among the lampstands was someone like a son of man who was Jesus. This showed his authority, glory, and sovereign power as he rules in his kingdom. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. The messages that you hear each day here on Lessons for Living were produced from messages that Pastor Mark shared at the main campus in Melbourne. It's our prayer that this teaching from God's Word blessed and encouraged you in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, we'll continue through the beginning of Revelation and what some of the things John was seeing could represent. Although the symbols can be confusing, the intentions behind them are not. Jesus is alive, powerful, and offers comfort to those who are afraid. Pastor Mark will speak about the fear of the Lord and how important it is to have a right reverence for Him. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.